This podcast is for information only and should not be considered legal advice. There is no representation that the legal services to be performed by LOCA are better than the services of other attorneys. There is no guarantee of the outcome. Success is rendered on a case-by-case basis. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim Markley from K. Altman Law, and you are listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. Summer is coming quickly to a close. College students are heading back from summer break. As a college student, you might be thinking about parties, reuniting with old friends, or making some new ones. What you might not be thinking about, though, is getting into trouble. But the first few weeks back can be a prime time for letting your guard down, and there could be a rude awakening for you at the end. I caution you not to ignore or blow off a minor incident it might have long-term or devastating consequences for you. At K. Altman Law, we talk to hundreds of people who have discovered that what they thought was not a big deal is a life-altering event. Students who thought they could work it out with the school are being expelled, suspended, or placed on probation. Now, this podcast will discuss those issues, tell you where to find help, and explain how the system works. College is an exciting time. But, as I said, the return parties and other social activities can be a landmine for students. Unexpected student discipline issues can arise. Being aware of these issues and how to address them can help create a more positive and productive college experience for everyone. We actually helped one student who got into trouble multiple times during the first semester, and he was still dealing with those issues two years later. So here are some potential common student discipline issues, and here are some ways to avoid them. Plagiarism and academic misconduct. Understanding a school's policies and making sure you understand what constitutes plagiarism will save you a lot of trouble. Educate yourself on proper citation methods and encourage originality in your own work. If you're coming from high school, what was acceptable in high school is not acceptable at the college level. You're going to be synthesizing the work of a lot of people into one paper. And they want to be able to decide what's their work and what's your original work. So be careful about this. We also find that with students coming from other countries to the United States, this is a huge problem because the standards for plagiarism are much stricter here than they are in many other places. Next is late assignments. College and universities are much stricter about clear deadlines for assignments. Professors should communicate their late policies from the beginning of class. It should be outlined in their syllabus. But students also have a responsibility to communicate with the professor if they're going to run into trouble meeting a particular deadline. Cheating during exams. Many colleges are online or they're offering computer testing. You need to know the exams and proctoring methods, such as what exam software and monitoring tools are they use, and how are they being used to prevent cheating. It is not uncommon to take tests in a testing center in which you're being videotaped. Or if you're taking that test from home, you may be monitored through your own webcam. Enjoy the college experience, but don't overdo it. By committing to a healthy lifestyle, you can have fun in college. 
As I said earlier, we dealt with one student at a school who got into trouble early in school. It's the first time he was away from home. He was enjoying the parties, got a, had a little too much to drink, said some things he shouldn't have. He was dealing with the consequences of that several years later. So don't do that. Don't drink too much. If you are being harassed, know the school rules reporting and the school's reporting process. Colleges communicate this at the beginning of the year as part of orientation. Or you may have done it online before you got to school. Don't blow through that. But if you do have problems, make sure you know how to get in contact with the school's security folks, the school's diversity office, or the school's Title IX office. Time management. Recognize that college life can be overwhelming. Colleges provide resources and workshops to help you deal with time management. I find this to be most, of a, most troubling for first-time college students. Again, you, you're on campus, first time you've been by yourself, there's no one there telling you when to wake up, no one telling you to turn in assignments. It becomes your responsibility to manage your time. And the schools do offer resources for this, but you have to avail yourself of them. Inclusiveness. Colleges foster an inclusive environment where all students should feel respected and valued. Remember, you're going to a college with students from all over the country, and you're also going to school with students from all over the world. So you need to understand the ground rules for discussion and maintain a respect for differing opinions. Address any incidences of discrimination or bias promptly. Again, what they tell you in orientation is important because that will let you know who you need to go to to report any potential issues. Online content. I cannot stress this one enough. Your online behavior will get you into trouble. Colleges address online behavior both within official learning platforms and on social media. They will use that social media post sometimes as a tool against you. So watch what you post on social media. Now let's talk about some of the numbers related to these discipline issues. Drug abuse. A 2019 survey found that 30% of college students had used an illegal drug in the past month. The most commonly used were marijuana and cocaine. Cheating from illegal sources. A 2020 report says that 25% of undergrads used an unauthorized electronic resource such as Wikipedia, Chegg, or other sources. You need to know that colleges are on the lookout for this. They have multiple software uh, tools that can detect when you pull content from another source. You need to be aware of this and just simply don't do it. Another study in 2017 found that 75% of college students admit to cheating on an exam at least once, with the most common forms of cheating copying someone else's answers, using unauthorized materials, and giving or receiving help from someone else. Remember, they're often watching you while you're taking these exams. They're videotaping you. And with online courses, they're often using webcams and other resources to check to make sure you're not cheating. Also, know what the rules are when it comes to cell phones. Can you have your cell phone with you? Does it have to be put away? 
you don't want to get in trouble because you inadvertently have your cell phone out. And unfortunately, we've seen that too often with students. Plagiarism. A 2018 survey by the University of California at Los Angeles found that 70% of students have plagiarized at least once, with the most common forms being pasting from the internet, paraphrasing without citing, and turning in someone else's work as your own. You can even add a new category to this, and that's the use of artificial intelligence or AI. Colleges are constantly on the lookout for these tools. Again, they're trying to measure what you know, and using these tools will get you into trouble. Assault. According to one survey, one in five women and one in 20 men experience some kind of assault while in college. You need to know what to do when this happens, who to report it to, what steps you can take to make sure it doesn't happen again. Know where your campus security is, know where the Title IX folks are, understand those reporting rules, and also understand where the resources are to help you when things such as this happen. Involvement in any of these can have a serious consequence. And if you're the perpetrator, it can include suspensions, probations, or expulsions. But you may not be the perpetrator, and you may be falsely accused of a student misconduct. And you should be aware of that as well. A 2017 survey found that 25% of college students believe that they were falsely accused of cheating. Sometimes this happens when the, when the university uses a tool that's not very precise. We're seeing this more and more with AI cases, where TuneIn or uh, Turnitin would say that it can detect AI, but sometimes it gives a false positive. So you need to be aware of that. A 2019 study found that 25% of all Title IX complaints were false. There are a number of reasons why you should consult with an attorney if you think you're in trouble. First, they're there to protect your rights. Colleges have a lot of power over students, and they can make decisions that can have a significant impact on your academic career. An attorney can help you understand your rights and make sure that you're not treated unfairly. An attorney or an advocate can help you get the best outcome. College disciplinary hearings can be complex, they can be adversarial. An attorney can help present your case in the best possible light and advocate for your interest. College disciplinary hearings can be stressful. The rules can be confusing. An attorney can help you stay calm and make sound decisions throughout the process. And an attorney or an advocate can also provide a second opinion. If you're not sure what to do, an attorney can listen to your case, give you their opinion, and offer the best course of action. It's important to note that you're not required to have an attorney at a college disciplinary hearing. However, if you feel that you need help, an attorney can be a valuable asset. Now, some schools will offer a school advocate. I would caution against that. Sometimes those school advocates don't know the rules or the process, they lack proper training, and they're not nuanced in how universities operate in the student discipline realm. So be very careful about accepting a school-appointed advocate. Now, specific ways an attorney can help in your disciplinary action. We can review the student code of conduct. An attorney or an advocate 
knows those school rules. We're going to spend time digging into the rules and making sure we understand what's there. The school code of conduct is often multiple pages long. It has very specific deadlines and timelines that must be followed. An attorney or an advocate is going to investigate the allegations. We're going to dig in and look for the evidence. We're going to interview you to make sure that we understand what those issues are. An attorney or an advocate will prepare you for a hearing. They'll help you craft an opening statement that can get through to the panel and present your case in a clear and logical manner. An attorney or an advocate is going to push for your interest. At the hearing, they will advocate for you and make sure you're treated fairly. And finally, if the decision does not go your way, that attorney or advocate can help you through the appeals process. So if you're facing a college disciplinary proceeding, it's important to speak with an attorney as soon as possible. An attorney can help you understand your rights, protect your interests, and get the best possible outcomes. I encourage you to do it early in the process. The later you seek help, the harder it becomes sometimes to overcome what the issue is. So thank you for listening and being here. Remember, the school or the university has complex rules and policies and procedures to govern their process. They have a legal staff to advise them, and you should as well. You need experience help to get the results that you need. So trust a firm such as K. Altman Law to guide you through the legal minefield and get the results that you want. Thank you for listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. If you have a legal question, give us a call at 1-888-984-1341 or check us out on the web at kaltmanlaw.com.